Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Joining me on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, we have Randy Wilkins, director of the captain of the series, coming out. Randy, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. Happy Fourth of July to you, my friend. Happy Fourth. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Now, I, I will say I'm not going to, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to press you about, you know, Aaron Judge as the MVP. I promise I'm not going to, even though Jose should be the MVP this year. But I'm not going to press you on it. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I will say, I will say this, Randy. You know, I, I found it fascinating because you know Derek Jeter. He was somebody who, you know, he was never really that quote machine. He wasn't really that guy who would, you know, generate a lot of those, you know, eye-popping quotes, you know, when he was a player. So for you, you know, what was the difference in talking to him, you know, on the mic and kind of off the mic and getting getting to know him a little bit? I think the biggest thing when it comes to Derek's persona when he played was uh, this misunderstanding that Derek didn't have a personality because of the way that he interacted with the media. But that was all by design. Uh, Derek didn't want distractions, didn't want anything that would take away from the the main goal of winning championships. So for him, he treated the media uh, in a very calculated way, only to protect himself and protect his teammates and, and to make sure that uh, they didn't focus on the things that they didn't need to, to really concern themselves with. So I think going into this project, going into the film, I think Derek just had a different uh, approach to it he was he was ready to uh, present himself to the world he was ready to open up he was ready to be vulnerable and I think that it was a conscious decision that he made prior to us ever shooting one frame of film so um, I think it's completely different situation he's no longer playing he doesn't have to be in the fishbowl of of New York and deal with the New York media and didn't have to protect teammates so I think that you know in the age of the last dance and other great documentaries that are focusing on athletes. I think Derek was, was inspired, and I think he was ready to tell a story. Also, um, one important thing for him and one major reason why he wanted to do this and open up is because of his three daughters. Uh, they didn't have the chance to, to watch him play because he decided to have a family after he retired. So he wanted to have some kind of uh, document or, or chronicle to uh, – go over his career so when his daughters are, are old enough, they can look back on it and, and learn a lot about their dad um, that they didn't know uh, prior to, to them being with uh, with Derek and Hannah. Now, Randy, you know, I was reading up on, you know, the the start of this and everything like that and kind of keeping up with you, obviously. And, you know, I remember reading about how, you know, how much of a, a factor Spike Lee was 
and uh, with you kind of getting in contact with, with Jeter regarding all of this, for you, w- what was it like having, you know, Spike Lee kind of recommending you in that sense? And and two, you know, what was it like to kind of get that phone call to be asked to do this? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've known Spike for close to 20 years. I, I think I've known Spike my entire adult life, so there's a long <laughs> Uh, relationship between the two of us. He was my professor at NYU, and then I started working for him and eventually became one of his editors. So there's a long-standing relationship between the two of us, and I know that uh, Derek and Spike are close. And uh, Derek, if he had ever decided to do this, uh, had his mindset on having Spike directed, but Spike was busy with other projects. And he told Derek that, you know, he had the, the right guy to to take over the project and, and to helm it, and I was that guy. Um, Spike knows how much I love baseball. He knows how much I love the Yankees. Um, but I also think it was just a, a show of faith in my storytelling ability as a director. So um, that's the story behind Spike kind of recommending me to Derek and to Mike Tolan, who was uh, the executive producer on the project. Um, and the phone call uh, – I mean, it's kind of hard to put into words. It was all kind of like a dream. Uh, it, it didn't really seem like um, it was reality for a while. Uh, I was just walking down the street, and I got the phone call and, and sat down, like, on the side, on the sidewalk. <laughs> and I just kind of sat there for an hour after I had the call, just kind of collecting my thoughts. So, um, obviously, a dream come true for me, and very excited that I got the call. Now, I, I will say I did love I, – I know that you, you interviewed plenty of, uh, of people regarding this too, but the one that I thought was, was fascinating was uh, the last one uh, that you had going into it, which was uh, getting a chance to sit down with Michael Jordan. So, you know, mm-hmm. for you, what was it – one, what was it like getting a chance to sit down with him and how was it like kind of interviewing him in, in that setting as well? Well, as a Bulls fan – uh, that was the only time that I got starstruck uh, doing these <laughs> interviews. We did 90 interviews or close to 90 interviews for the project, and that was the only time I was starstruck. Uh, we went down to his golf course, and um, very last minute, just because of like uh, schedule, he's obviously a very busy guy. And when he walked into the onto set, I think everybody was kind of starstruck. They didn't really know what to do. It was like one thing to know that you were interviewing him, but when Michael Jordan actually like walks into the room and says hello and shakes your hand, like it's a little different feeling. <laughs> so uh, it was incredible. Uh, really nice guy, great guy. And he's such a pro at media and interviews and film that, I mean, it was very natural for him. Like my, my approach to interviewing people is, is – pretty straightforward regardless of who it is is I'm my intention is to just have a conversation and allow people to speak their truths so I don't go into it thinking that it's just this kind of call and response situation it's a conversation I'd like to talk to the people that we're interviewing so um once we got down in the chair and the camera was rolling my intention is the same regardless if it was Michael Jordan Derek Jeter or um anyone else so I just wanted to strike up a conversation with him and that's exactly what happened. He was very relaxed and open and honest and vulnerable, and it was it was great. And I love I love hearing that, and I love that that type of interviewing style there as well. And you know, Randy, with that being said, you know, getting a chance to talk with Jeter, getting a chance to talk with Michael, you know, was there anything that really kind of surprised you about that you didn't know about Jeter and, and Michael, and getting a chance to talk with them? 
I'm not sure if it surprised me, but when you can feel the intensity uh, when they talk about certain things, when they talk about their desire to win, kind of this insatiable thirst to to win championships and, and be the greatest at their profession, you can feel the intensity and you can feel the edge. Um, there are a lot of people that talk about it, and it's obviously referenced when you describe these amazing athletes, but to actually feel it, coming off of them is a totally different experience. So um, there's there's a focus that goes into it. Even when they're answering questions about the topic, they're extremely focused on trying to explain to the best of their ability what their mindset is. Um, so I think that that's one thing that stood out to me immediately was just that, that edge, that intensity, and, and that high level of focus. Now, Randy, I, I would say this as somebody who has, you know, interviewed, you know, people obviously in in this job as well as others. Um, you know, I always love the conversations, and, and you know, I always love talking to different people. Like you mentioned, you you interviewed about ninety people or, or more uh, regarding this this documentary. You know, did you have anyone that really stood out in your mind that really kind of stuck with you? Reggie Jackson stood out. Um... And it, it wasn't even the interview was great, but it was more the conversations that were happening before and after the interview. Um, I felt like I was talking to an elder who was imparting wisdom and uh, letting me know how the world works and how to navigate through it. And um, we didn't we spent a couple of hours together, but I, I feel like he just imparted wisdom upon me that I really appreciate. So. The interview itself was great, but I think it was the conversations that were happening around the interview that really stood out to me. And and he's mentioned things to me that I remember, and it's almost as if we spoke yesterday. So uh, I would say Reggie Jackson was probably at the top of the list. Jimmy Rollins also is at the top of that list as well, just because he was the most down-to-earth, regular star I had ever met. Um we we filmed his interview out in Los Angeles, and our uh, lunch that day was like barbecue. It was ribs and chicken <laughs> and all that stuff. It was great. And uh, after we did the interview, he's hanging out with us in the house that we were filming in as if, like, we were at a barbecue, you know, and it was just, <laughs> like, it was unbelievable how, like, down to earth he was. He's very Oakland, and I mean that in the, the highest compliment uh, way I, I can, like, make that statement, so... Uh, Jimmy Rollins was great. Reggie Jackson was great. Everybody was great, but those are two that immediately uh, stand out. Now, I, I will say this, and you can feel free to, you know, give a response to this, but the host before me this morning, he's a big Boston Red Sox fan, so when I told him that I was having you on, he he immediately started to bring up Nomar Garciaparra. I, I don't know if they're going to do a documentary in that sense, but, I mean, uh, he was talking about the fact that he wanted a Nomar. He wanted a Nomar in this sense. I don't know if you wanted to, you know, send a little trash talk back over to over to Spencer in that sense, but uh, he, he was he was a little up in arms when it came to the Jeter documentary, man. I mean, there's a reason why Nomar's in Derek's documentary, and it's not the other way around. So, no, <laughs> I don't need to say much. You know, five five rings looks pretty good, so there's not much to say after that. So. uh no more. No more is in Derek's stock, and I think that that's all I need to say. There you go. That's what I love to hear. That's what I love to hear. Uh, now, Randy, I'll get you out of here on on this one. Um, 
you know, uh, Derek obviously is, you know, in in the public eye and he's known for, you know, a lot of the relationships that he's had in the past. And uh, notably, he's been given uh, he's given out, you know, the gift baskets uh, to to some people as well. Out of curiosity, did you get a gift basket for the uh, for the documentary? Uh, No, I did not. And I don't think anybody else did either. Damn. Damn. I was hoping I was hoping to see if you guys got a gift basket. That's my fault. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but, Randy, uh, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. Appreciate the time so much. And, again, great work with that, uh, with the documentary. I cannot wait to watch. Again, on ESPN, The Captain. Uh, again, looking forward to watching it, Randy. Thank you so much for the time. All right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Happy 4th. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.